listening to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, where women who are ready to expand their life adventure discover the tools to stop playing small and tap into the courage required to enjoy their Second Wind. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so good to know that you're out there listening again today and that we have another, another exciting program for you. A few years ago, I decided that after I was going through my transition, I was so excited about learning my values, what I believed in. And let me tell you, I was 50 years old when I found out this great news. Now, we all have an inkling of the values that we offer, which we get from our birth families and from our growing up years. But somehow we devalue the value of those values by comments from family members, friends, other people that things see them as deterrents instead of really jewels in our caps. So anyway, when I discovered my top five values, I was in my 50s, guys, and I was like, really? Something that I had thought was really not a flattering part of my personality actually turned into a jewel of my personality. Well, I was so excited about learning that the value of beauty, which I used in my home were really an asset to me that I love to live around beautiful things. Now they're beautiful to me, but they may not be beautiful to another person that walks into my home. But knowing that gave me such freedom in loving who I was. Now I was so excited about it. I wrote a book called Joyce Buford Empowers and it's called written by Joyce Buford Empowers, but it's called Effortless Happiness. And it's available on my website. I'd like for you to go there and think about participating in learning your values. It's life-changing. And for me, it made all the difference in the world. So my book is there. Or if you'd like to join a course whenever I hold my course again, which is a two-day, two-hour, it's a very simple, quick, but we work together in finding your values so you can incorporate them into your life. So anyway, go to Joyce Buford Empowers, leave a message, sign up, sign up for my opt-in, and think about ordering the book. It will change your life. In this day and time, I want to just briefly mention something. You know, we're getting very close to the elections. And I find the election is also very heated over we're definitely for this person, not for the other person. And it's a very interesting time to look at what's happening in our communities and with us. As we we Seemed, I found in myself, I take a more judgmental approach to somebody's actions with this election. And it's a really a strong time for us to keep this in mind. We must step back from old inner beliefs 
from old thinking that makes us want to strike out or say something or be anything but kind. And we must remember, although we have not seen it, and we've seen so many changes, so many, the pandemic has totally thrown us into a, a different mindset. Uh, we've seen so many people go through so many hardships that we must be above. We must get to the point where we can self-center our, ourselves to step back do not respond, to actually go inside ourselves to balance, to keep us balanced. Because we can't add fire to a fiery situation. It's very important for you and for me, as we are all interconnected. So I, I give this as an encouragement because I noticed it even in me. And I teach this stuff that we could be triggered. And I really want for you that you not get into that triggering situation and that you're able to pull back. And if that means go out and take a walk or if that means uh, stand on the ground outside, uh, read a book, say a prayer, whatever it is you go into to find that silent place, that place you need to center yourself, I really encourage you to go there today. Or any time you feel agitated, frustrated, um, angry, this is the time to use inner control. So I wanted to share that with you before I move on into talking with our guest today. And I am thrilled that she is on my show. Michelle Quay. Quay? Quay? How do I do, Michelle? Michelle Quay is a certified confidence and leadership coach who helps negative self-talkers to believe in their talents to reach full potential in a fulfilling personal and professional life. Now, she is a speaker, much in demand, as well as she is an author, and she wrote her memoirs, Perfectly Normal about an immigrant story of making it in America. She is a board member of the United Nations Association of the USA and a clinical pharmacist at USC's Keck Medical Center. Michelle was born in Taiwan and grew up in New York. I think that's New York City. Is that right? Yes, correct. (laughs) But today she lives in L.A. in Los Angeles with a short-haired brown tabby cat named Buster. And she loves to work out. You will always find her at the gym. And so anyway, welcome, Michelle. I so appreciate you come today. Thank you so much, Joyce. You did a great job pronouncing my last name. It was very close. It was Quay. (laughs) Oh, well, my listener knows out there that I I can mess up the simplest of names. But anyway, thank you very much for that. those words of encouragement. It's true, yeah. Yeah. I just, do you find yourself kind of falling in some of that triggering stuff that I just spoke about? I was like, get out of this, girl. I mean, 
I was just surprised. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, your opening kind of really summarized it really well in terms of values, right? Mm-hmm. A, a lot of us have those buttons that get pushed from time to time, including myself. And when my button get pushed, typically it's a, it's a, um, violation to the values that I hold in my life. So depending yeah. on what, what type of values that we have, uh, whether it's honesty, trust, or just respect, um, once those values become violated, it makes perfect sense why we would get agitated and, and irritable or uh, being triggered. And, and that's how we navigate through our life, getting our button push all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that now, was one button thing, push. One thing I yeah. learned, and I'm sure you have too, is if you, you know, that people can only push a button if you give them the button to push. If you yeah. don't have any button to for them to push, they can't really push your button anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so are you saying we get rid of those buttons? I, I believe we, we recognize and we start learning and use them to our advantage. So yeah. if honesty or respect is one of your, your button that you get violated sometimes, I believe it's a, it's a point of um, curiosity to become mm-hmm. curious about why that button keep getting pushed. Is yes. it the way that you're communicating with another person? Is it your relationship with another person that feels um, not respected for you? And and what is it that you can do from that point on to really to work on that 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 respect and to maintain and set up the boundary in terms of mm-hmm. how you protect your values? Yes. Yeah, good words, good words there. Because there's a lot of people right now that I think are dealing with triggering, and it's just, it's a process. Everything's a process. Takes us a while, doesn't it, to get rid of some of those things. Now, I I always like to have my guests share their transitioning moments or those moments of of life change you know we have so many of them some of them are smaller some of them are huge that they just take us in a different direction so I know that you do you shared with me and I'm sure it's in your wonderful book that sounds like it would be a really good read um, for us to be aware of some of those really major confrontations that you have as an immigrant coming to the United States, but you also physically experienced a major uh, change in your life. So would you like to share with that, share with us that story? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I believe, you know, right now that this pandemic has triggered a lot of that transition that we are going through in our life, that period of transformation, that period of going from what we used to feel very comfortable and that we used to now to something that's very different, you know, different yeah. lifestyle, different way of living, different way mm-hmm. of believing things. And mm-hmm. there's major points and there's up and there's always down. So mm-hmm. mine was coming to this country, having to learn how to speak English was one portion of that big transformational journey. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, not being able, the fact that I'm sitting here and conversing with you in English, this is like my biggest accomplishment in my life <laughs> as a foreigner who didn't speak English at all. You know, I oh. was always, 
when I first got to this country, I, I didn't speak any English at all, and it was very simple. You know, how do I over, yeah. o- order a meal? How do I go to a McDonald's order my hamburger? That was a struggle for me. I, I there are so many times I go to the restaurant and I didn't know what to order because I don't know how to speak it. Yes. Um, so so. Yeah. And sometimes I just kind of let that go and let that accomplishment um, be hidden somewhere in my life and not recognizing that was a big part. Not everyone can do this. Right. How old were you when you came to the United States? I was 15 years old when I came to this country. Okay. Um, my grandparents, they live here. So when I when we got the uh, permission to um, enter U.S. legally, um, my, my whole family moved. My, my parents, my two other siblings, we all moved to this country. Um, yeah. Prior to that, I was born in Taiwan. I grew up in Taiwan. Um, and one of the major transition or transformation that I was dealing with, and it took me a very long period of time to come to where I am today. Um, it was a lifelong process. It was not something that I wake up in the morning and then suddenly, you know, I'm, I have that, I claim that victory. I claim that freedom. It was every single day. It was, it felt like, it, I was living in a pandemic, and that pandemic has to do with my own belief that was keeping me small, keeping me invisible. Mm. And that pandemic came from um, a, a, a car accident when I was 11 years old. Um, wow. The the accident took place after one day after school. Um, I was crossing the street, but I didn't see, I didn't know that there was a taxi that was coming from afar. And mm-hmm. by the time I got to the um, middle of the street, it was already too late. Um, it, it was, it was not any special. It's not one of those days that is, you know, it's beautiful and bright. You didn't get any sign of that it was going to happen. It was a mm-hmm. very typical ordinary day. And we take things for granted all the time. You know, we put on oh, our yeah. shoes and we go out there. We believe that today is just going to be one of those days. But it wasn't just one of those days. It was the day that completely changed my life um, there, there, there and moving forward. And that accident um, causes a permanent damage later on that lead to a permanent damage later on. And now I am physically disabled and I don't, I can't walk without assistance. So I've always yeah. walked with crutches. Um, mm-hmm. Before 2016, I was using two crutches because my back was really putting on a lot of pressure. My mm-hmm. legs started to deform. And mm-hmm. when you look at me, there's nothing about beauty. I think you brought, brought up the word beauty. We all appreciate beauty, right? Every mm-hmm. one of us, we like to see beautiful things. We like to have that beauty in our life. But the way that we define beauty, a lot of time is really based on how the society defines it. Yes. What is beautiful? What right. are some of the qualities that are beautiful? You know, mm-hmm. For women, you need to look in a certain way. You need to carry yourself in a certain mm-hmm. way. You need to have wisdom. You need to be multitasking. You need to, you know, um, look elegant in certain ways and certain the way that you speak and it needs to be a certain way. Right. So yes. there's always that picture of what beauty looks like. And when I look myself in the mirror for the longest time, I'm, I'm 46 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had that transformational um, period moment, I was 40. I was in my 40 and I looked yeah. into the mirror. I saw nothing about beauty. Mm. It was all about 
how dare you to think that you are like them? You know, how dare、mm-hmm. you to believe that you can dress up in bikini and you know, <laughs> just lay out by the pool and have、yeah. a drink and, and feel and look beautiful? How dare you to think that way?、Yeah. There was a lot of shaming and guilt, and and really the biggest thing I was struggling was just trying to fit in to be part of something. I、yeah. wanted to belong. In this world, and many times, you know, I didn't belong. I didn't feel like I belong in this world. I kind、right. of describe myself, you know, coming from outer space. You know, it must、yeah. be something. You know, I must be something coming out from outer space, and here I am. I, I'm trapped in this body, and、yes. this is not the body I wanted.、Mm-hmm. There are times、yeah. where I wake up at night and I wanted to be someone else. I wanted to be, you know, maybe I can go into another body. Maybe. Why can't I just have it all and have this wisdom? Because I, you know, I, I went to school all the way, so I have a doctor's degree in pharmacy.、Mm. I mean, if you if you look at all the things that I can have in my life, I have a job, a very st- stable job. I have great retirement plan.、Um, mm. I have all these things that people. Want to have in terms of stability. I have a roof over my head. I have family. I have people who friends who care about me. But when I look really deep down inside, there is that big hole, empty hole inside of me that just、mm-hmm. doesn't get filled up. And and I kept asking why? Why am I trapped in this body? Why am I being here? Like, what is my purpose?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you. Thought was normal was not what you believed you were living,、nope. right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was a normal redefine. I had to go through a redefinition, redefining what beauty means, what normal means, what what does being perfect means. I was trying so hard to be perfect. I、right. worked so hard to be perfect. I want、right. my perfect score in in school. I want to be the perfect daughter. I want to be the perfect. Colleague that anyone can just come to and feel the teamwork that people are enjoying. I try to be perfect, and and perfect means normal. That's normal、yes. to me, right?、Yeah. But、yeah. the fact is, there's nothing perfect, and imperfection is perfect. <laughs> yes, and I am imperfect, <laughs> but I didn't see that. Right. So. How how did you arrive at the acceptance of you are perfect in an unperfect world? It was everything that I I thought was true started to crumble crumble around me. So at that time during that transformation period, I was、um, applying for a new new position to be a manager in the pharmacy where I work at, and that didn't follow through. Um, they pick someone else. They pick one of my friends rather than picking me. And I took that as there's something wrong with me. Oh, definitely.、Um, I, I took it that very.、Coming. Yep. Yeah. I took it very personal. It was something about me that they didn't like. It was must be the way that I look. You know, I'm too short, and and they don't want someone to who doesn't look really you know up to par. So they didn't hire me as a manager. Although I've been working there for the last ten, fifteen years. So that、yeah. was. That was one thing that crumbled in my life, and another part of it was all my relationship. I've been—I was at that age where I was looking for to to meet meet that special person, and I want—I thought I kept looking for that person. I want that person to be able to interact with me intellectually. I want that person to you know have that intimacy, but. 
for whatever reason, every time I go out on a date, no matter how well I put up the show, it's always about, oh, Michelle, you're so nice. You're you're great. You're a smart woman. But that's just be friend. So mm-hmm. I always been friend zone in every single date that I went to. And multiple, after a couple of times you fail, you believe that this is you. It has everything to do with you and you are what the problem is you Mm -hmm. and and so i start to internalize it as i am not beautiful and that's Mm -hmm. why they don't want me so there's a lot of just self-judgment and criticism and when things start to crumble you start to think about what is it about me that i can hold on to Mm -hmm. there's nothing around me that i can hold on to except myself Uh so what is it about myself? What can I do? Why am I here? So I start doing a lot of um, self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And during that process, I've learned that my biggest struggle was this physical challenge. I always wake up not feeling great. I feel miserable in the morning. I feel a lot of pain on my back. I was gaining weight. I was not eating healthy. I was not being very happy. So yeah. the easiest thing I believe to to tackle is actually the physical well-being. It's something that you can do right now to change the environment or the physical that you live in. That's something that you can do that you have control over. Yes. And and surprisingly when you start changing your environment, when you start changing your physical experience in this world, it mm-hmm. start to internalize and start working inwards. So, so a lot of people say, well, how do I deal with this emotion or mental, um, experience that I'm having? It's not pleasant. It's not good. I don't feel good. Get into your body. Start moving around. Do something that you can do. Find things that you can do. And mm-hmm. one thing that you, I could do was just get into the physical. So that day I went out to Target. I went and bought one of those, uh, balancing ball. I brought the yes. ball. I brought the ball yes. home. <laughs> it was huge. And I was just sitting on it. I was rocking back and forth. I'm like, you know, I can't run. I can't jump. So let me just sit on it and let me just think about this. Yeah, all <laughs> so, right. So I sat on it for quite some time. That whole week, I was just taking some time to sit on it and just doing my thinking. And then I thought, well, maybe I can try and work with a professional because if I can, if I don't know how to operate a machine, a, a uh-huh. gym equipment, maybe I can have someone to um, show me how to do it. So I went to the gym and I asked to sign up to a person, work with a personal trainer. Uh-huh. And from there, it basically just when I just went on a, uh, you know, a mile, <laughs> I start right. running. So I'm the type of person, once I start doing something, you know, I would start just picking it up and just go. And I didn't just go, I ran. <laughs> I ran with the idea. Are you okay? You're not physically saying you started running, right? No, not no. quite. No, not quite. I, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to see that crutch that you use. <laughs> not quite. What? I had to, I had to learn how to walk first. So I'm, I'm, I've been walking. So yeah. ever since then, like four years ago, I couldn't, I had to use two crutches. Now I'm just using one I and see. I've been doing a lot of walking on the treadmill. And, and of course I decided to, to take it to the next, next level. I, I wanted to prove to myself that I am capable of doing things only if my mind set to it. So after I worked with the, uh, the personal trainer, I told him one day, I said, listen, you know, I know this is great and I'm feeling really happy about this where I'm at, but I wanted to take it up to the next notch. I want to take up a notch. He's like, okay, great. So what are we going to do? I said, we're going to go hike. 
And he oh. said, oh, okay, great. Let's go hike. Where do you want to hike? Like here, because we have a little mountain here that's about 10 miles. Do you want to go hike here? I said, uh-uh, no, I'm going to go to Machu Picchu. And <laughs> well, let's take a big one, shall we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're going to do something, you know, do something big. <laughs> do do Make it big or make it go home. Yeah, but you had to prepare. So did you prepare on that little one in L.A.? Yeah, I did. So (laughs) I started with the little one. Gradually, I build on it. So every weekend um, during during that whole year, I would go and hike. Um, The first time I went hike, I went by myself. And I didn't tell anybody because I want to surprise everybody. And little did I know that that's not a smart thing to do. That wasn't a good thing. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) On my way back, I was thinking, whoa, you know, I look over the cliff. Yeah, what was I thinking? Well, what was I not thinking? You know, I look over the cliff and I'm thinking, if I fall right now, no one would know about it. <laughs> and you so know, I, but, yeah. You know what's so interesting to me is that as I as you were telling, you know, you you had the body that's that's uh not ideal, okay? It's not as you would like it. You would like to be perfect. But there is almost every woman that confronts that she's not enough in some way. I mean, yours was very physical and I, but everybody has, I'm not enough. I have, I'm not enough in certain ways. And so it's, you know, the analogy that I'm making, I mean, we're all just dealing with the same stuff. Yours was a little more reminder i mean because it, it was your physical body that you could see every day and although we may feel we're not enough but it may not be physically that we see that but then there are those women that are really extremely fat and they have to look at it every day so it's so interesting how the stories are so similar and yet they're they're not mm-hmm. because of specifics do you know what i'm saying absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's the same. We're all dealing with the same thing. Mine is more apparent. And for others, you know, they, it's perfect outside, but you know, what they're going through inside, we we never know. We never know what the other person's story is. Yeah. 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 So, well, I want to hear about the the journey, but I also want us to talk about the fear because, you know, you and I have shared about a little bit about the experience of the Machu Picchu, which was a life-changing experience for me as well. But uh, we're going to take a short break. We have just a few minutes. But, um, you know, there was a lot of fear in having to change and always be perfect. I mean, where you weren't perfect in your body because of the accident, you were, you always wanted to be perfect in other parts of your life. And I think that's so typical. I mean, so typical. I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, but, um, so when we come back, we're going to visit more with Michelle and she's going to talk us, talk to us about the fear that she might have needed to handle when experience facing people and experiencing the great, great adjustment and mindset changes that she dealt with in facing her, uh, transition. So, Michelle, when we come back, that's what we're going to talk about. Does that sound like a good deal? 
Sounds like great. Yes. I'm excited. Can't wait right. to share. <laughs> so we're going to come back and then we want to talk about this unbelievable place that we both have experienced called Machu Picchu. So come back and listen. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's Marching Down Did you know April is National Frog Month? Hey, I wouldn't make this up. Growing up in the country, my brother always had a frog or two in his pockets and liked nothing more than to toss one at me. What's the word for the fear of frogs? Batrachophobia. In Germany, frogs were once kept around the house as pets because they croaked loudly whenever the barometric pressure fell, signaling bad weather was coming. There are more than 4,700 species of frogs. Scientists who study frogs are called herpetologists. The name comes from the Greek word herpeton, which means something that crawls. Why are frogs so happy? Because they eat whatever bugs them. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Michelle Quay, and she is telling us about her transition, her move from Taiwan to the U.S., and also a horrible accident that happened to her when she was 11 years old and how it changed her life, totally being hit by a car. So one thing that I, I'm very interested in, I bet it's a really good read, is your book. Because I know it would have to talk about the several things about your transition into the U.S., into America coming, as you alluded to with the language barrier, but also uh, just what it was like. So why did you feel like you, you needed to write this book? Mm-hmm. I never thought about writing a book. I, yeah. I could never possibly think about writing an English book in English. Yeah. That was something that I couldn't have dreamed about ever. And when I remember when I came back from Machu Picchu, it was, I was trying to figure out, okay, so now that I have overcome this physical challenge, what is it that I can do to serve? And I came home, I had that idea of there must be a reason for me to go through this journey, go through this life experience, and how do I bring it back so that I can serve others so that 
I serve my purpose. And I started to believe that the reason why I am here is that I am here to serve a greater purpose. And, you know, some people call God, some people call him Buddha, some people call him the universe. However that you, you believe that higher power is, I believe that there's a higher power within all of us and, and above, beyond us. That, that gave us the reason why we are here. So the reason why I wrote that book was because there was a calling. It was a need that I need to share this story with mm-hmm. everyone that who come into contact with me. And mm-hmm. maybe whatever that story will tell them and, and inspire them to do maybe just one thing, because we are all the same, as you have mentioned earlier. We're all the same, no matter physically different, emotionally or mentally different. There's something that we all go through in our life that share the the similarity in every story and everyone who's listening right now there's a story inside of you and if there's anything that you pick out from this podcast from the conversation here today it's because we share that same experience your story is very different than mine but there's one elemental uh, common ground that we all share so my my purpose of how I serve is by sharing my story. And yeah. if there's anything that I have learned that I can share with the audience, that mm-hmm. I can share with anybody who I have conversation with, then I serve my purpose. Mm-hmm. So I came home with the idea of serving. And that was the reason why I started to wanted to write a book. Because how, how else am I going to share that story? It's by telling. Yeah. It's by written words. Um, when words are written down, they they have the power of inspiring someone who likes to read. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing on a podcast. You know, the reason why I'm here is because I want to share that story with the audience, so that maybe something that I have learned in my life, they will they will find it useful for their themselves in their life. Right. So that was well, the reason. Yeah. Now I'm not surprised, and I I am going to jump to this. Uh, you and I both share the the magical experience of being on Machu Picchu, which is in Peru. It's some ancient ruins of um, Peruvian. I don't know. Do you know the tribe's name? I don't remember the tribe's name, but there was a group of there was a community of Peruvians that lived on top of this mountain called Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. And it, as I explained it to everybody that I visit with, it is the the closest I have ever thought I could reach out and touch God. It was so special. So it's just pristine and the clouds roll across. And I, I Michelle, did you have much of the same feeling that I did? Absolutely. And, and it was just, once you get onto the Machu Picchu site, the ruined site, the official site, it, it, you look around you and it's really hard to believe that at, at some point in our, in our century, in our, our humanity, there's actually a tribe you used to live here. And, and as I was uh, looking around and just admiring the structure, the the ancient stone of how they got here. Yeah. It was just beyond imagination. Like how can anybody in their in their force, in their power, lift up those stones and carry them up to the mountain so high? And the altitude, I believe, at Machu Picchu, it was still at eight thousand eight thousand feet. Mm-hmm. So now, that's still very high. Yes, and you feel like you're on top of the world. 
actually. Um, But now I have to ask you, because I took a bus up from the base to this area. And and let me explain. This area is now, of course, not lived in. It's a national uh, um, shrine, maybe? No? It's a national... mm, Reserve. Reserve. And so it's just the remnants of what used to be. So you see... uh, some paths up there, some open fields. And so anyway, the the Indians, the inhabitants have long since departed, gone. And there's probably a whole story about that. But um, it's it was just a memorable uh, experience. I know. Now, did you did you take the you can hike from the lower city or you could take the bus. So did you hike from the lower city? I, I did. So I probably, I, I oh hiked from the Inca Trail. So the, oh. the oldest trail is called the Inca Trail. It's, we yes. started at kilometer 82 and that's the, um, trailhead in, yes. in, within, within that area. Um, and it took four days. So the total of, um, tracking miles, it was 26 miles or 24 miles oh altogether. Um, the highest altitude we reached on the second day, it was 14,000 feet. Wow. It was the very top, and they called it the Dead Woman's Pass. Um, in the, back in the old day, they called it the Dead Woman's Pass because a lot of people, by the time that they reached to the second highest point, um, they were exhausted. Like I we're talking about, we're talking about yeah. the indigenous people when they used to do that. And and the area was previously. Um, um, invaded by the Spanish. So uh-huh. when they first invaded the, the, the Peru, they wanted to find these different tribes and conquer them throughout the whole, um, um, the, the whole yeah. Machu Picchu. And the indigenous from Peru, they discovered that there's so many different paths that you can, you can go on. And that would make the tribe really uh, hidden. So there's still a lot of re- remnants of, of what the old ancient Peru looks like okay. in these deep inside mountains that no one ever discovered. Yeah, I believe they're they're still ta- they're talking about like there's still a lot of different sites that you can go to and and accidentally run into because no one had ever found them before. So I hiked the Inca Trail. I didn't take the bus. We did take the bus afterwards to come down, but I spent four days, um, day day in day out. We camp outside, and every day I would have to wake up five o'clock in the morning because I walk really slow with my two crutches. Yes. Um, yeah, so every, every morning I wake up really early in the morning to just to hike up there. And every hike, every step, it was more like a push up because yeah. I can't, right. my legs are not long enough. Uh, my, my height is only four feet, four inches tall, kind of like an average nine year old, 11 year old. So wow. my legs are <laughs> really short <laughs> and some of those steps are gigantic. So yes, they are. In order, yeah. In order for me to get up to the next step, I usually have to uh, put my two crutches up, um, mm-hmm. for one step forward, get down to my knees and knees and leg and arms and then start crawling up to the next step and then pick up my crutch and do that again and again. So yeah. I did that pretty much the whole entire trail, um, going upward. And on the second day, I remember I reached to the highest point. I broke down in tears. It was my last 50, 50 steps. Mm. 
to the to the uh, highest point yes. of the mountain. Yeah, I start breaking breaking tears, and I, it was yeah. just really transformational, amazing. I couldn't believe I made it. It was that belief of, oh, you know, I finally got here. Like all this work finally paid yeah. off. Well,、and、it's you know, it's, yeah, it is really a testimonial to your. Your spirit and your drive—one that you wanted to challenge so big—that's really huge. Because I can appreciate the path that I have two working legs, and they—I never even entertained the idea of walking up. So I, you know, it says so much about your. Inner strength. I'm just amazed, honestly, that you took this on. And what was the big, what was the big thing that drove you to make this decision? It was just tired of being feeling sorry for myself. And,、oh. and one of the things that you touched earlier was physical. Physical difference is something that we see every single day. Yes, it's not something I can hide. It's not something、yes. I can just put away. Physical、right. differences is really apparent. Is you have to deal with it. You have to look at it every single day. It's、mm-hmm. act as a reminder. Hey, you're different. You look different. And that reminder was very, very、um, destructive. And that、right. destruction was. Well, you're not good enough. You're not、right. pretty enough. You're not、right. worthy enough. How dare you to think of it? You know, you're possible. And when you get, when you spend a lot of time in that moment, you you know that it's not a good place to be, and you get tired of it. It's like you're feeling tired for being tired already. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you deal with the fear? The fear that you couldn't do it. You weren't big enough. You weren't strong enough. You weren't. How did you deal with that? Because when I'm talking to a woman that's physically there, physically in shape, size, and all, she has tremendous fears of I'm not enough as well.、Mm-hmm. So how did you deal with your fear? Because that's where the lady that needs to, all of us need to face our fears.、Mm-hmm. There, there's a very Taoism saying or way of dealing with it is you you fight the fight by not fighting. And and、yeah. I think when it comes to fight to fear, right? We all have that belief that fear is not welcome. Fear is something very bad. Fear is something that I need to get rid of and eliminate、yes. fear. Right.、And、when you have that belief, you start to doing a lot more. You're trying to work your way through and pushing yourself so hard, but not knowing that you know by fighting and resisting, you're not going anywhere. But instead, what works really well for me is to allow. It to accept it. Fear is has the same purpose as happiness. Why do we feel happy? Because it was part of our emotion. It's natural part of what we're feeling in times of danger, in times of uncertainty. So, fight without the fight. So, do you like? Okay. So, tell me how you do that. Does that mean when you fight without the fight, do you? Change it with a question like, "What is this fear about?" or "What are you trying to tell me?" or "How can we confront that fear that sometimes almost paralyzes us?" So, how do you address that? What is so, it? 
A lot of it has to do with self-compassion and knowing mm. that and recognizing self-acceptance. It's yeah. really about accepting yourself, right? Yeah. So, so we all, we're not perfect. And, and right. it is what really work is by accepting the fact that we are not perfect and no one is. We don't see them being imperfect, but they are imperfect. <laughs> no one is perfect. I know. Oh, darn. <laughs> I really thought I was. <laughs> no one is perfect. You know, we can all name a few for ourselves why oh, we yeah. are not perfect, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. So there is no perfection. And by accepting that there's always a little bit of flaws, a little bit of imperfection within ourselves, including how we look, the way that we eat, the way that we talk, the way that we dress, there's something about us that we don't like knowing yes. that and, and accepting it and recognizing it allows you to start looking at what is possible. What can you do with this imperfection? What can you do while in this trap in this body? Can I, can I work with my hands? Yes, I'm very creative. I can definitely make some art with my hands if I can walk. I cannot uh, run. Well, can I walk? Sure, I can walk. I can do some exercise that doesn't require a lot of movement. Can I do something as uh, learning a new language? Sure. You know, if I don't know something, I can start learning. So instead of focusing on what we cannot do, yes. start uh, by acceptance and self-acceptance. Allow us to see what is possible and what is it that we can do for mm. ourselves. So yeah. it's a shifting shifting your perspective directly by just realizing that the coin has two sides. You can keep focusing on the problem side or you can start flipping it over and look at the solution side. Yeah. You know, I was, you, I was thinking as you were speaking that, uh, have you ever heard of the ropes course? Mm-hmm. Okay. I attended a workshop and did the ropes course, which meant you climb up poles, you yeah. do all sorts of things. And um, at the time, I was over 50, and I was totally surprised I could do some of these things physically. Mm -hmm. And I can sort of, sort of know, connect with you in that powerful feeling that you have when you face a fear. And doing that ropes course was all about fear. But it was to show us that we can do far more than we think we can do by facing our fear. So I was thinking, what a powerful statement that you, ex you displayed when you walked up to Machu Picchu. And it fed, it fed others, but it also fed you the most because it said there are no limitations here. I can do this. It may take me longer, but I can do this. Did, am I reading that right? Yeah. The only limitation that we have in our life is the limitation that we put on ourselves. So oh, yes. After, whatever that you believe that you cannot do, guess what? Yeah. You will not be able to do it ever. But yeah. If you turn it around and think about all these, turning all these limitations as, you know, they're really a great pointers for you to start to become uh, curious about who you are, to be curious about what you can do, to be curious about what is it, why are you feeling the way that you feel? Yeah. You start gaining that inner power, that inner strength, that resilience yeah. that, that's already available in us. 
I, I love think that. People love need to that. realize that you have that inner power. You have that inner yeah. strength that's already there available for you, but you're not seeing it because you're so being distracted by everything that's not working out for you. Yes. Well, you know, I, I, I hate for this to come to a close, but there are some things that I want to share with the audience that you have made available. For instance, you have a, a giveaway that you'd like to offer us. I want to encourage people to go to your website, which is http slash slash elevate life coaching dot org where you can go and see all of the really amazing things that Michelle has to offer on her website and on that website you may see what she's going to give us as a as a gift today and would you like to talk toward that yeah so I, I have a free offer, um, and when people go to my website, you can download a free copy of the Judgment Workbook. So we carry a lot of that self-judgment, that judgy. I call I call that judgment the judgy Jugerson. We all have that. <laughs> we all have that judgy Jugerson going around inside of us all the time. So the workbook will help you to uncover what are some of the judgy Jugerson that you've been worrying, you've been carrying in your life, and how do you work around and identifying those judgy Jugerson. And how can you come up with a different way of, you know, going through and, and working through with that Jeffy Jefferson? Yeah. So that's available on the website. And along with that, you also get a 15 minutes of guided meditation to practice loving kindness uh, meditation. Oh, I love that. I'll be on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. So what is it that you most enjoy doing? I mean, you have so many, I mean, you're, uh, a professional doctor in, uh, with the hospital there in, in pharmacists, pharmaceutical. Well, I'm not saying this right, but clinical psychopharmacists. Clinical pharmacists. Thank you. Thank you for coming to my aid there. But, uh, you have so many facets to you. I am amazed that you have time to do the, the passion work, which is of course your coaching. And how do people, if they have questions about your coaching, get to you? One of the, my biggest values is connection. So I love yeah. connecting with people. I love conversation. So if, Listeners could just go to my website. They can have a conversation with me, you know, 15 minutes conversation, and you can learn more about the way that I coach and I can learn more about your story, what you're going through. And at the end of the conversation, even if people don't hire me, I still like that relationship that I'm able to build and I love to talk. So. No. Well, yeah, one thing I love is I love to talk. I can take talk all day. So I love those connection calls. So yeah, that's how one people can find find me. So they go uh, to your website yeah. and they sign up for yeah. They just click on the button. Mm-hmm. Just click, click on a button and it's a consultation call. So basically it's a discovery call. You get to discover about me and I get to discover about you. Yeah, and it's yeah. great. It's completely free. No. Yes, yes. How, how can we, how can I possibly charge someone for a conversation like that? <laughs> but you know what, Meredith? There are some people that do charge for that. Michelle, I changed your name. Michelle, there are people that charge for those. But connection is my value. So, you know, money is also a value, which, you know, there's no judgment here, right? We all have different values. <laughs> Not from us. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> 
So if you were to share something that you really want my audience to know, what would that be? I, I would want people to start believing that there is a hero inside of them. There's a hero inside of you right now, and that's waiting for you to discover it. That's waiting for you to bring it out into the world. And again, you know, all of us have a purpose in this in this life in on this planet. And that hero is going to do so much that what you can possibly believe right now. And you need to find that hero inside of you. And the hero is there's no one else coming to save us. Only you can save yourself. Oh, like that. And no matter if we have not been, I mean, we all have challenges. Some are more intense than others. You certainly have had intensive challenges, but we all have challenges of some magnitude in our life. And how does a woman that just thinks, oh, my life is just going okay, it's it's going easy, how do they find that hero? So for those who feel that they already have it all, and occasionally there's some, you know, ups and downs, that hero is here to serve the purpose. So ask yourself why. Why are you doing the things that you do? And what are you passionate about? What makes it, what makes you wake up in the morning and feeling that you are forgetting the time and space? You're just dying to get out there and to serve, to do whatever that you were meant to do. That's how you find your, your passion. That's how you find your hero. Yeah, even though even though you may not have some major major issues or challenges that you are experiencing, but there's something about you that makes you believe, that makes you different, that makes you unique, that makes you special, and that is your hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, sounds like you've got an audience behind you. I do. My my pipe just broke, and I really apologize for this. <laughs> You're what? I apologize for this. My pipe, the the shower shower head, kind of uh, was leaking. Oh, and so those are your people that have come to fix out. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like going, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, this this is the benefit of working from home, and this yes. is part where we we start having that negative self talk because it seemed perfect. <laughs> Yes, yes, it did, didn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm going to say that we th- I thank you very much for being on today. It has been a wonderful hour for us. Uh, and it's gone by so fast. I'm, I'm thrilled that you're in my community, that you've come on and shared, um, really so many powerful ideas that we all have, that we all share. And so I cannot say enough how much I've enjoyed our time together. So uh, I really wish you the best, my dear. Thank you so, so much, Joyce. Yes. So for you people listening out there, I'd like for you this week to think about what it is is your biggest fear or what is your biggest challenge? And maybe start thinking about why that challenge is with you. What does it bring for you? How can it change your life and how can it enrich your life? I know these are some questions that you may have been sitting with. 
but never ask. You were maybe interpreting the more them more about why me instead of asking what do I have to learn from this? Certainly Michelle had her challenges. I've had my challenges as most of us do in life. Nobody gets a free ride. So anyway, this is your thought for this week. When you run up against something that's really frustrating and, and you feel like you're a victim and not a winner, I ask you to put, change them and bring out the questions. What am I to learn from this? Why is this here? What is my gift? These are the things you need to think of going forward. So I thank you for being here. A little food for thought. Go to Michelle's website, elevatelifecoaching.org and either sign up for a um, session or take advantage of her free offering. Thank you for being here. Have a great week. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.